0: Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. If you wanna create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported thousands of women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. So if you're frustrated, if you're doubting yourself, if you're not enjoying the journey, there's a better way. Together, we'll break through your past patterns, we'll eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and most importantly, enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Hope you're having a great day today. I wanted to dive into something that actually came up on one of the coaching calls inside the consistency course a week ago. One of the things that we do for those calls is go through anything that you feel is holding you back, anything that you are working on and struggling with, a question you have, a challenge you're facing, something you'd like a new perspective on. And here's one of the things that came up. I'm going to read it to you exactly how it was submitted to me. It says, I know we've talked on this topic before, but could we talk some more about how to be okay with planned indulgences during a fat loss, weight loss journey and avoiding that? All or nothing thinking. I believe that I've come a long way and done a lot of practice in this area, but I'm still not as comfortable or as natural feeling with these moments as I would like to be. So, we're talking about planned indulgences when you are pursuing weight loss. I've talked a lot about on this show about the difference between being intentional and impulsive. And it's a very different thing to intentionally plan an ice cream trip with your family versus impulsively eating a pint of ice cream at night. And so she's basically asking, when I plan these indulgences, like how can I be more okay with it, given that I'm on a weight loss journey? And one of the questions that I posed to her was, If you were getting the results that you want, if you were crushing it from a weight loss standpoint and you were feeling amazing, you were energetic, you were feeling proud of your results, would you still feel guilty about a planned indulgence or would you feel bad about it? Would you still run into this issue or have you still run into this issue in seasons where you were getting a lot of results? The reason that I ask that is because I find that a lot of folks are trying to solve the wrong problem, thinking that the problem is something like I feel kind of I feel kind of bad about these planned indulgences or I go into this all or nothing thinking when the actual problem is that maybe you're not getting the results that you want and so it's harder to feel okay about a planned indulgence. Because you're wondering subconsciously or semi-consciously or maybe unconsciously, if I didn't do this, would I see more results? Or maybe should I not have done this so that I could get more results? What we're after here, and almost always when we Break down topics like this on our coaching calls is let's start with clarity and specificity. This step, getting clarity, being specific, will change your life. And it's also the step that people skip the most. The first thing I think that I asked in response to this question is, well, what does it mean to be okay with it? Right? Because the question was, how to be okay with planned indulgences during this this season of weight loss. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean to be okay with it? And what does it mean to not be okay with it? Because there's a very different approach if you are, say, feeling guilty versus if you are feeling like, oh, well, since I had this, I might as well eat all of the things. The approach is going to be different based on how you're feeling. And when we generalize, when we overgeneralize, we're making it a lot harder to solve the problem. We are moving further away from the solution when we are generalizing. And as we get specific, we move closer and closer to the solution. So what does it mean to be okay with it? What does it mean to not be okay with it? And let's just say, well, I don't want to feel guilty is the response that I get. That's where this question becomes so powerful. If you were getting the results that you wanted, would you still feel guilty about it? I can say for myself in seasons where I've been crushing it, I've been super consistent, my body is responding, I feel really good about my results, I don't feel guilty. But, and and that might not be you, but sharing my own experience in seasons when I haven't been as consistent or I'm not getting results and I make a planned indulgence, there's definitely this sense of maybe I shouldn't have done that for the sake of results or Maybe I need to tighten things up. And I believe we often avoid those kinds of conversations with ourselves because it doesn't feel good because naturally we want to protect our ego and it can become really challenging to get honest and say, like, I haven't been doing the work. I need to do more if I want to get results. I need to be more consistent if I want to get results. I need to indulge less often if I want to get results. If you say, well, yeah, maybe you're right, Elizabeth, if I were crushing my progress and really seeing results, I wouldn't feel guilty about it, then it's not the indulgence that you're struggling with. It's not the planned indulgence that's the problem. It's your lack of results. You don't need to change how you feel about the indulgence. You need to upgrade your behaviors so you're getting more results and you're in more of that progress cycle. We want to make sure we're solving the right problem. When we break things down and we define terms and we get specific and we seek clarity, not only do we move closer to the solution, but we make sure we're actually solving the right problem. Because so many people are generalizing, they're solving the wrong problem because they haven't taken the time to slow down and look at what they're really saying and what they really Mean Now, maybe you say, actually, Elizabeth, even when I am getting results, I feel guilty, I feel bad about a planned indulgence. Then I would say, why? It's not enough to say I feel bad or I feel guilty. Why? And we'll just have an imaginary dialogue here. Maybe you say, well, because it's not healthy. Why is it not healthy? What makes it not healthy? We have to break things down, define terms, and be specific. And maybe you say, well, because it has sugar in it and it's processed. Well, where is that line for you? If you have ketchup, do you feel guilty? If you were to have a a hamburger patty or a hot dog and have ketchup on it, would you feel guilty? Well, no. But that has sugar in it and it's processed. So what is the difference? Well, oh, well, the difference is how much sugar well, where's that line for you? Where's that line for you? Here's why that matters. If I make ice cream, I put less sugar in it per serving than is in ketchup. So if it's a quantity thing, do you even know how much sugar you're talking about? Do you even know what the perceived problem is? Or are you just generalizing? We can solve a ton of problems in the way that we're thinking in the way that we're feeling when we get very specific and this is a very important practice outside of food this is a great practice for money this is a great practice for relationships instead of just being like I'm irritated I'm mad at my spouse why because they're just not being thoughtful they're not being proactive well what what does that mean What does it mean to not be thoughtful or what does it mean to be thoughtful? And as you get more specific, you're probably going to find there are some holes in your argument. Maybe you do the very same thing that you get frustrated about and then we don't have to continue to wrestle with these emotions that upset us and that are part of the problem of, spending too much money or emotionally eating or drinking too much. And we never knew that the solutions were right there because we didn't slow down to really drill into what it is we're saying or what it is we are feeling. Maybe you say, well, I feel guilty because it's a unhealthy food. Well, what, is, what does that mean? What does it mean to you to be unhealthy? And is your goal then complete abstinence and never have those things ever? It's okay if that is your goal, but in a lot of situations, that's not the goal. For example, I think there are some things that are straight toxic. There's very little that I would say categorically is a bad food because there's so many components of frequency and quantity, but there are some things that are straight toxic, And I would imagine we all have different definitions of what that means, if you've ever given it any thought. Certain food dyes, I think, are straight toxic. I think seed oils are straight toxic. But do I have the expectation that they will never cross my lips? Am I going to grill every single restaurant owner for what type of oil they use? Probably not. There are some people that do, and I think that is completely fine. And there are seasons of my life where I'm probably more likely to do that. But right now, no. Well, why does that matter? It matters because if you don't have an expectation that you're never going to have these things, then what is your expectation? What is acceptable for you? When we overgeneralize, we're getting mad about something that if we were to be specific and define terms, we realize that's okay. That's okay given my goals or that's okay given my perspective. That's okay given what I want for my life and how I want to be. But because we never took the time to slow down and and look at what we want and what we don't want and what these feelings mean, we've just been beating ourselves up over something that we don't need to. And the other thing I would have you consider is, does this mean that everything that you consider unhealthy is off limits? Because I would contend that you probably do a lot of things every day that are unhealthy, whether that is scrolling social media or screen time at night or harboring resentment against somebody that you love. Is it just food that you judge yourself for and that you get emotional about, but everything else gets a pass? And if so, why? We can't just fly with our most familiar thoughts. This is bad. I feel guilty. If we want to grow and if we want change, we have to begin to question them. I actually saw something. I think I'm going to do a full episode on this. Let me pull it up because this uh, really got my attention earlier today. And my very first thought was, we need to talk about this on the podcast. But it was a it was a quote from Adrian Kaler. And it says, a struggling life is simply being crafted by the wrong questions. A struggling life is simply being crafted by the wrong questions. And we've talked a lot about questions that I think are crappy, like, what's wrong with me? Why do I always do this? I think those are unproductive questions. But the flip side of that that holds so much promise is that a thriving life, a successful life is simply crafted by the right questions. What does that mean? Why does that bother me? And don't just stop with the surface level answer. You have to be willing to challenge yourself to think in new ways and on new levels if you want to grow and change. That is probably my favorite thing about the consistency course and what happens inside the consistency course is that we generally need an outside perspective to really break through and see things in new ways because... We only know our own perspective. We only have our own experience. I find it to be probably the most valuable thing in my life when I hear from other people's perspectives. And right now that happens for me in a business mastermind that I'm in and also in the consistency course where other people are sharing their experiences, their journeys, their perspectives. That is where all of my aha moments come from. Well, I should say 95% of my aha moments come from that. They could come from reading books or things like that. But they come from that because I, I get to say, I never would have thought about it that way. I hadn't ever considered that before. You don't get that from operating within your own stale thoughts that you've cycled through and cycled through and cycled through and cycled through. So you have to invite other people to, to share their experiences and their perspectives, to accelerate your own breakthroughs. It breaks my heart how many people are still in the same struggle, and there's no judgment for me when I say that because, hello, uh, it took me... 30 years to lose over 100 pounds. And and I would say 28 and a half of those were struggle bus of a lot of broken promises to myself and a lot of, lacks of lack of execution and a lot of lack of follow through and a lot of unnecessary suffering because I was just thinking in the same way over and over again. I'll start tomorrow. I'll do better on Monday. I need to be really strict. Oh, no, I can't do that because I won't get results fast enough. And I need to get results faster than that. But meanwhile, 30 years of crappy thinking. And now I know when I'm struggling with something, the fastest way to break out of it is to invite other perspectives. And you know, actually, another place where I get a lot of this is being part of a a mom's group. And mine happens to be related to my church. But because of their different perspectives and their different experiences, I'm exposed to thoughts and practices and approaches that I wouldn't have come up with based on my own experiences and my own perspectives. That is where growth comes from. That is what growth requires. Now, I do think we have to be kind of discerning about whose perspectives and approaches we allow into our life, because We want to make sure that our trajectory is forward and not backward. But if you just fly with your own familiar thoughts and your own way of going about things, you're probably not going to break out of the struggle or the stale place you've been as fast as you want to. And... This is like a dose dependent relationship. The more regularly that you bring your challenges or your flawed perspectives or your struggles to a trusted person or a trusted group for them to challenge your perspectives, for them to suggest new ways of going about things, the faster you're going to grow. The more you do it, the faster you grow. The quicker you are to find out, am I actually solving the wrong problem? Am I going about this the wrong way? Is there another way to do this? Because there usually is another way to do it. And you usually are missing some piece that is obvious to somebody else. But because you decided to stay in your own bubble and think it through in your own mind, you continue to struggle. I love the approach of planned indulgences versus impulsive ones. I love the approach of practicing being more intentional and practicing being less impulsive. And I think it's very important to look at how and why am I struggling with this? Am I struggling because I am just making excuses and, oh, well, I'm going to have this one also? Or, yeah, well, this week somebody brought in XYZ or we had cider donuts because we went apple picking. Is it excuse making that we need to tackle? That's one thing. Is it guilt that we need to tackle? That's another thing. Is it lack of progress that we need to tackle? All of these things are going to have a different approach. When people come to me in the consistency course and they say, I'm struggling, the first thing I say is tell me more. Because we don't want to overgeneralize if we want to get to a solution. And I believe everybody wants to get to a solution. It's a powerful thing to learn and grow from somebody else's experience or perspective. And even if you decide, nope, I'm still going to do it on my own for whatever reason, the practice that will change your life is defining what you are saying. What do I mean by that? What does that mean? Tell me more and being specific. I feel bad about this. Bad how? What does that mean? Why? Challenge yourself. Break out of the routine of your most familiar thoughts. And I think on an episode coming very soon, we're going to talk about this idea that a struggling life is simply being created by the wrong questions. And the flip side, as I see it, which is a thriving life, is simply being crafted by the right questions, good questions, valuable questions, questions that help you break free. I'd love to have you join me inside the consistency course if you think you would benefit from that kind of coaching. We do it at least twice a month. Over the summer, we were doing it every single week. So there are seasons where we do it more often, but at a minimum, it is twice a month. Any question, any topic, any time. And you don't have to wait for the coaching calls. Uh, you know, you can email me directly. You can uh, post it. We have a private Facebook group for the consistency course. So people ask questions all the time, but we. We have this standing appointment that happens at least twice a month to go into them together and break them down and seek new perspectives. You can go to primalpotential.com forward slash consistency course to get started. You also can learn more about it there and figure out, you know, what it looks like to be part of that and the tools and the resources available, the personalized intake form and the getting started video that is specific to you and your situation. It is not in any way generalized to everybody. Um, the consistency calendar that I mail out when you get started, primalpotential.com forward slash consistency course to learn more about that. If you have questions about it, shoot me an email. But otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day.